Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Justice Sobriety, where we talk, share, and spill the tea soberly and anonymously. I just wanted to start out by thanking you guys for all your support and, you know, checking in on me, asking if I put a new episode up or things like that. Like, it, it really makes me know that. It really helps me remember that. I'm doing this for a reason. Sometimes I'm just like, well, I don't know what the fuck to say. So I I procrastinate making the podcast episodes. And so, yeah, thank you guys. I'm just going to push through and hope for the best. So I don't know. Bear with me. <laughs> so it's been a rocky couple weeks. We lost someone actually a few people in our home group and it's been really sad and I I went to the memorial for one of them this past weekend and I didn't know what to expect but it was really fucking eye-opening and really emotional and it, it reminded me that you know if I don't keep my shit together, it could easily... That could have been my picture up there. And I don't want to die anymore. And that was just really... It was kind of scary, but like in a good way, I needed that. Because I get complacent in my recovery sometimes. And I just... You know, I, I let certain things slide that probably I shouldn't. And, you know... I needed that and it was really nice to be able to come together with our community and just really be there for each other and support each other in this hard time and just hope for the best with everyone else's health and safety and I just hope it's not another one of us soon I mean I I know we can't control it but I can hope so yeah, just, you know, I'm, I'm remembering those that we lost, and I, I just have to, you know, we just have to keep moving forward. We have to put our recovery first. Um, it's a bittersweet thing, and I say bittersweet because, like, there's so much love that's floating around, regardless of what was going on so it's like there's still hope there's still so many people with so many years of sobriety and they've been through death they've been through like being homeless and all this shit and they're still here they're still sober and that makes me feel like I can get through a lot of things that I never thought I'd be able to handle before so I do have to give those people credit for being so strong, no matter what. Okay, so there's a few things I wanted to talk about. So, yeah, there was the memorial ceremony. I was pretty wary about actually going because I knew I would, I knew people were going to be crying and I'd probably cry. And to me, crying is weak when it's really not, but that's what my brain wants to tell me and so when I did go yeah everyone fucking cried but it actually felt really good to get those emotions out 
Um, so that happened, and it took me a while to process it. And the it's like him and I, we never spent time together outside of our home group. We didn't really text or anything, but I've gone to enough meetings with him and I've seen him enough to really care about him. And I was thinking about him a few days before I found out that he passed away and it just hit me. And I had I had a panic attack in one of the meetings and I think I was in that meeting for a total of like 10 minutes because I had to, I kept leaving so I was just like crying. So yeah, it was fun. That happened. And then um, I got in a fight with my significant other about it's it was about a large topic that would like if it's if it didn't get resolved now it would still be a problem later on. And I just could not accept that we didn't have to make a decision at that time. I could not accept that it wasn't as urgent as I believed that it was. I was upset, I was scared, I was numb, I was angry, like I just felt out of control and I could not handle that, which later on I realized I, I just had to go back to step three and let, you know, let my higher power take care of everything. But before I did that, I got in such a bad headspace. I couldn't stop crying. Um, there were so many days where I would just sit, even at my desk at work, I would just cry. And I couldn't stop. Or I would have like a random mental breakdown in a meeting when I was trying to read from the big book. So, and it, it got so bad. I was looking for a pen in my bag. But instead of a pen, I found a blade and I used it. And I haven't participated in self-harm since like 2014. But in that moment, I didn't even think. I didn't think that I had numbers to call. I didn't remember that I had the spiritual toolkit. I didn't even consider any of that. I just used it. I wanted to feel something. I wanted to see if it would hurt and it didn't hurt. But I still wanted to do it and it scared the fuck out of me. And after that, I, I wanted to drink. I didn't drink, but I still thought it was okay that I hurt myself. It was pretty bad. And I called my sponsor. I was terrified that um, he was going to say that it was a relapse and I'd had to start over. Because I have 13 months, a little over 13 months sober. So... I don't know. Uh, I mean, he said, I mean, he was understanding and I didn't lose that time that I had, thankfully. I feel like I should have, but I didn't. That's me being selfish, I guess. So, I eventually got out of that headspace. I talked to people in the program. I, I actually reached out to my friends. I was able to talk to my significant other more and a lot of things 
that were said made me feel better. I felt more of that relief that I've been that I really wanted from the beginning. And after speaking to my therapist, she um, she brought a few things to my attention, which I'll I'll talk about in a few minutes. Um, so yeah, that's how. At first, I was living on my problems, but there are ways that I'm that I am and was living in the solution. Once I was able to get out of my head, get out of myself, look, turn towards others. Um, I know I had to figure out what was going wrong for me and what I was missing. Um, And what I believe it was is not being aligned with God's will for me because I was focused on what my will for me was and I ended up hurting myself. So that's, my will is obviously absolute shit. (laughs) I was in a meeting and we were talking about, you know, where we are in our steps. And I finished my steps twice. But in reality, I had to go back to step three and, and give my will up again. Because I just kept wanting to take it back. And I just kept getting deeper and deeper in my shit. So... I did that, and I, I feel like once I did that, and I gave my my will myself over. I felt I felt that relief as well. It was nice. Um, things slowly started to fix themselves when I spent the whole time before trying to fix them and get all the answers and have the solutions. But I don't have to have the solutions, and that's okay. If I had all those solutions, I wouldn't need a program. I wouldn't need a higher power, but I'm not my own higher power anymore. And I never should have been. So ways I have been coping, I actually got a newfound hobby of drawing, which I've never drawn in my life because I would mess something up and it wouldn't be perfect right away and I'd get pissed off. And I would just give up and swear I'd never do it again because it just didn't go how I wanted. And it's so funny because now I'm welcoming that things I do won't be perfect and that's okay. But I'm making progress and I'm drawing stupid things like flowers, patterns, um, like mental like physical representation of mental health issues like BPD um there is one I did with like all my intrusive morbid thoughts and like my my I drew a brain and it had horns and it was like my demons and this and that and it really helped me so I I've been continuing to draw even though it's not professional or anything um I mean I'm sure there are some kids that could do better than me but it's really relaxing it keeps me grounded whenever I'm stressed or whenever I feel like I can't think because everything in my brain is going 100 miles per hour at the same time I've just been drawing and it just really mellows everything out for me along with taking my medications um So when I was in, oh, also, sorry, I skipped ahead for a second. 
I've been spending more time at home instead of all of my time at my home group. I've been having date nights, cleaning more, cooking more, and that makes me feel really good too. It's not something I usually do just because our schedules don't align, but she's on a work vacation right now. So like this past week, she's been off and it's been really, really good for us. And I think it's helped a lot with my mental state. And I don't want to say, like, it's only getting better because we've spent time together more. But it doesn't hurt. It really does not hurt. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm trying to be more grateful for everything. Like, for example, my dog, um, he had to get this dewormer. And I'm so happy that he did because now... He'll feel better, the, pe- the other pets won't get it, and he'll be healthier. And just something as simple as that, I would take for granted in my alcoholism, in my active alcoholism. Um, I'm grateful that I've been drawing. I'm grateful for therapy, even though I wasn't always. Um, in my last therapy appointment, I was told to make a portable self-care kit. And with that, it's like, it's a little a little pouch in my bag and it has like essential oils, it has a face mask, it has like just different little things in there that I can physically use, like lotion, just different different things that will calm me down, that will distract me, get me out of whatever's going on in my head. And I haven't had to use it too much yet. But just knowing that I have it and in there and it's all things that are healthy that won't harm me, it's it's actually really comforting. So I'm I'm grateful for that, that I actually listened. Because usually something like advice like that, I'd be like, yeah, okay, sure, but never do it. But I actually did it this time. And I learned that not everything needs to be said when I think it needs to be said. Apparently my sense of urgency is a little too high. Um, I believe that's because I'm so impulsive. There's supposed to be, like, with impulsiveness, there's supposed to be, like, a thought and then space between that thought and the action. But I don't have much space between the thought and the action. I thought I did, but no, no, I don't. I think about what I want and then I usually just do it or get it. And that's, although I think it's beneficial for me, it's really not. Because my bank account suffers, I feel guilty or ashamed or frustrated, or it causes harm to others. And I'm really trying to work on that. So, next, another way I've been living in the solution is by talking to other alcoholics and going through the steps with sponsees, keeping in regular contact with my sponsor. Um, I've actually been reaching out more to my family when I'm struggling. And having a stepmom who is a therapist, it kind of helps because it's not like she's trying to solve my problems, but she understands I can talk to her and say, hey, this is going on, like, what what do you suggest I do? Like, what kind of help do you think I need? And she's able to, like, guide me. So I'm like, okay, well, yeah, 
I'll make this appointment. I'll go and do that. And it's it's more helpful than I've ever really given her credit for. <laughs> and because she's like a parent, I wasn't always grateful for that. I was actually extremely ungrateful. I was spoiled brat. I just expected everything to go my way and it's not like that anymore and I'm glad it's not like that anymore we actually have a relationship and I wouldn't trade that for anything so thanks for listening to me rant and talk um I've been trying not to stress out too much But I feel like sometimes I'm in my head more than I should be, which is why I just, you know, I do my best to just keep going to meetings as many as I need to, working with my sponsees. We've been going through the book, the big book, and it's been really beneficial to me. There are so many things in there that's popped up that I really needed to hear and be reminded of, and there's some that some lines that I forgot were even in there and I was just like oh shit why haven't I highlighted this before it's really it's really cool like no matter how many times I read through this book I always find something new I always learn something that I didn't understand before or that I didn't perceive in a certain way and it's really cool and I hope you guys get to experience that as well if you haven't yet just know it's coming (laughs) All right, well, I'm going to get off of here, and I apologize. My last, my last episode was probably 13 days ago, and I've been trying to do them every week, but yeah, I, it's just been kind of, a, kind of a shit show, but things are back on track. I feel better. I feel at peace, and... I'm grateful that I can do this and that people actually want to hear it. It just, it feels good. So thank you to those who really um, are engaged and ask me, oh, did you put a new episode out? I didn't get your text. Like, thank you. That just means a lot. So I hope you guys are having a wonderful day or night or evening, whatever time it is for you, wherever you're at. And um, just a quick moment of silence for those who have passed away, who are still suffering and out there in their addiction, who may or may not make it. We don't know. And the serenity prayer, which happens to be aligned with step three, which is very ironic. So, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I love you all, and we'll talk next time. Bye.